Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and welcome to our live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is with us again tonight to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, it's 800-859-0957, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back, all of your listeners, to our live weekly medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and we're back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, what is the news of the day? Well, I thought we should talk a little bit about monkeypox because um, it is lighting up in some countries. When I mean lighting up, increasing. And uh, I've had patients and family call me and ask me about the monkeypox vaccine. Um, which I'm not sure is available. Is but it there necessary? Is... But is it necessary? Never mind if it's available. Is it necessary? Not right now. And the reason is, and this is why it's there is to talk about, is there's an opportunity to um, isolate it. And so in England, um, most of the cases are involving gay and bisexual men. So in men who have sex with men, that's how they quantify or qualify that group. So... Um, that is the vast majority of patients suffering from monkeypox. Mm -hmm. So it might be considered uh, an STD at this point, although that's me saying it, not the uh, CDC or any or the NHS. Uh, but so if you're in this uh, category, um, it's important to practice uh, safe sex and also maybe limit some exposures and, and practice some isolation just to maybe quiet this thing down. Because Is that to the... say that it's not to interrupt you, that it's transmitted by bodily fluids rather than just like, you know, touching skin or something? I, I mean, is there some implication there for how it's actually transmitted? It might be transmitted by bodily fluids and seminal fluids, and, it, and it's probably transmitted by skin-to-skin -skin, um, contact. But it is not aerosolized right now. So for people walking around with masks because they're afraid of monkeypox, that's probably uh, a waste of time. But also the people walking around with masks are, are not all in this group of people who are at risk. No, but the interesting thing, I was talking to you about this over the break. I was at Somerset Mall this past weekend and I noticed the influx of people like everybody had a mask on and I felt like I was the only one who didn't have a mask on. And I thought, what are they wearing masks for? Because it's not something that's airborne. And it's not something that, that I don't know, where are they getting the idea they all have to put their masks back on again? Well, I don't have a problem with somebody wants to wear a mask. 
you know, that's our choice. And we're in a new world where there's uh, transmittable diseases that are mutating. You know, so, you know, now there's some issues in, again, in London where there's polio viruses coming back in the unvaccinated group of young kids. And they're talking about vaccinating children under nine with the oral polio vaccine. Um, so there's mutations occurring among these viruses. And again, not to say that COVID was a mutation because I still think that was created in a lab, but these other vaccines, viruses, um, meaning monkeypox and polio um, are probably just results of mutation, which means they're in the community. So right now it's a limited community and that community needs to take caution to keep it from spreading into the greater world, which it's at risk of doing. And that would probably be very difficult. Okay, well, so what you're saying is that we don't need to be wearing masks right now because it's not airborne. Need, no. If you want to, go ahead. There's no harm in wearing a mask. If you want to wear a mask and you'll feel better about it, go ahead. But, you know, it's not helping against monkeypox and it sure isn't doing anything for COVID. Uh, do we have a caller, Shivani? You trying to? Yeah, tell we do. You um, if you'd like, okay. yeah, we we have Greg and Shelby on the line. Greg, what's your question? Hey, good evening, you guys, Mr. Positive. Hey, Anne Marie, you're spot on. I've been seeing more people wearing masks, and um, and just an observation. Um, but last week's show, you guys, Dr. Collender, was fantastic. Vitamin D. Um, when you get sun exposure, it's been bandied about that you need both upper body and lower body to be exposed to the sunlight. Is there any truth that if you don't expose both upper and lower bodies that you don't get the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the value of vitamin D? Is there, any, is there anything about that and why? Uh, well, I'm going to say not to me there isn't. I, I think that it's better to supplement the vitamin D than to be, get exposed to the sun because of skin cancer, you know, and uh, that's one of the cancers on and have been on the rise and is at risk in the, you know, baby boomer population because they didn't really have, you know, uh, SPF creams to apply. And so I just don't look at sun exposure as a real way to optimize vitamin D. 10 to 20 minutes, because I do it every day. I try to do it and I go to uh, a dermatologist and if, you don't really like that. So how many international units of vitamin D, D3, that you recommend? 5,000, 2,000? I'm around 60. So what would you recommend for people that are my age or uh, the categories of age predicated upon your age? How many international units should you take? I'm having everybody start at 5,000. Then we check their labs at some point and see where we are making an adjustment. And we've talked about adding vitamin K2 to the vitamin D3 to right. help absorption. So those are all, uh, I do five. I think that's a good start. And it won't hurt the liver or the kidneys or anything of that nature? No. Okay, Thank good to know. Go. Anyway, we're going to have to take a short break. And again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. 
You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on WJR 760. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack and stroke and diabetes and many other chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we're now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Siobhan, do you have callers waiting on the line already? Are you with us, Siobhan? And we have Wendy and Joe. We're going to put Joe on. We'll put Joe on. Joe, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, so let's at least introduce Joe because Joe was one of our CIMT sweepstakes when Dr. Collender reached out to the public and said the first so many callers that call in, he's willing to do the CIMT at no cost. He came into Dr. Collender's office, got the CIMT. What was the outcome, Joe? Tell us what happened. Uh, well, I came in and uh, we did the test. It was uh, not really uh, as tests go, very uh, difficult. And uh, we got the results back. And I guess the doctor is going to uh, take a look at them and uh, tell me what he thinks. Well, thanks for calling, Joe, and uh, being willing to share your results with us live on the air. And so, it just for the audience, we've not talked to Joe, I've not talked to him yet about his results. So, um, Joe, you do have plaque, um, which is not uncommon. It's very common for people to have plaque. Have you ever been told that you have plaque before? Well, actually, I had a, um, a calcium score a couple of years ago, and it turned out that I had a, a high number. It was 219 in the left anterior descending artery, and uh, I ended up having a triple bypass surgery. So. I guess I would indicate that I do. Right, right, absolutely. So were you having symptoms? No, well, that's the thing. I had just uh, asked the doctor because uh, Crestor had come off patent and there was a study that showed that it helped to uh, remove plaque. I had no you know, chest pain or heart issues or shortness of breath or anything like that, but I thought there was probably some buildup because I've had cholesterol uh, most of my life, and he suggested a calcium score. Which I had, and that and you said it was number. two. You said it was two nineteen. Two nineteen in the, which the is not maker. that high. Two hundred is not that high of a of a number, um, but nonetheless, they went ahead and did a bypass on you. So, right now well, on your, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, from there they had a I had a stress test, which of course, as you might imagine, didn't show anything, and then I had an angiogram which showed the uh, the Widowmaker was like around, uh, a little over 90% blocked and they couldn't put stents in. And there were some other blockages that stents uh, they didn't believe would, would help. So so then we they suggested what they called the gold standard uh, bypass surgery, which is what I had uh, back in 2020. Well, you know, so what you have now is some data to follow your progress. So I imagine now you're on a little bit better of a program because your intima media measurements are low. 
Um, so you have an IMT measurement of 0 0.67 millimeters, which is you know, a, a good number. I'm happy with anybody with a 0 0.6. Um, we do get a data point called artery age, and your arteries are a lot younger than you, even, you know, with the bypass. But um, I don't like that number because it's misleading. Um, so you don't have any significant blockage, but like we've said, the term blockage doesn't really apply when there's plaque. Um, so if you have not already looked for other drivers of chronic disease, you should, such as sleep apnea, um, insulin resistance, oral health. You know, these are the, the silent killers, in addition to high blood pressure, of course, um, and make sure you're covering those. But based on your IMT being pretty low, I'm supposing that you're doing a decent job managing those. Um, but if you... I wouldn't take this as the end, and this is the most important data point, but you still have to screen for those other conditions. It's important. Right. So what's the next so, thing you should do? I mean, Joe's on the line. What, 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 what's your advice to him for his, well, what it's should just he that. do next? No, that's it. He's got to learn whether he's got insulin resistance, address it. And how does um, he learn that? How does he learn if he has insulin resistance? Well, he's got to talk to his doctors and look at his lipid panels and hopefully get some gauge of whether that is. If you've not screened for sleep apnea yet, you should. Um, go ahead and do you know the oral genetic testing. Again, you'll have to find out how to get that done. But those are all part and parcel of identifying all your drivers of disease. But I'm happy to see that your IMT is low. Um, you know, we also look at genetic markers. Um, they're all blood tests and uh, you know. Inflammatory markers measure your progress as well in between these intimate media measurements. So this is a, I'd say, given everything you've been through, this is a pretty good report. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Well, thank I and I appreciate you coming out for uh, sweepstakes and allowing us to discuss your results on the air. Absolutely. Um, yep. So, Dr. Collender, we also have. Thank you, Joe, for calling. We have also Wendy who came to your uh, CIMT uh, uh, sweepstakes uh, scoring test at your office. Uh, Wendy, are you on the line? I am. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Wendy. Well, thanks, Hi. Wendy, for coming out. Hi, thank you. And uh, so Wendy and I have already spoken today, and I thought she had a good story, and, you know, it would be uh, benefit the listeners to hear um, so, Wendy, tell me about your background a little bit. You told me that you had an elevated lipoprotein A marker. Yeah, and, and I have been on statins since 2010, I believe. I also and so, have a... Go ahead. How did you come to learn about your LPA level? Oh, blood test. Well, I mean, did you ask for it? Did your doctor offer it? Nope, doctor just did it as a, I think, uh, a wellness thing. Well, that's good. That's unusual. So you've got a good doctor. Um, well, so, and so we talked about going on, you were having trouble with uh, niacin, um, which is a, a, the remedy for LPA, which is great. Um, and so you're, we talked about struggles of staying on niacin because it does cause some flushing and hot flashes in people that take it. Uh, so hopefully the nice and extended release, which is the way you should take it, uh, will do the trick for you. Okay. Um, so 
Well, we found that Wendy did not have plaque. So zero, zero plaque. Unbelievable. Um, so she has, um, so interestingly, she's been put on a statin. She has LPA. Um, and you know, in the past, what's LPA? The lipoprotein A is a genetic marker that shows an increased risk of heart disease. And it's very common. It's 30% of the population has an elevated LPA. And the current remedy is niacin, which is vitamin B3. Another, there is a drug, Repatha, that helps modify LPA levels. But even with LPA, she has no plaque. So I advised uh, Wendy to go ahead and get a CT calcium score. And because we want to continue to look at all of her artery beds to make sure that we're not missing plaque. And if there's no plaque, she doesn't need to be on a statin, but she should still try to take the niacin. Um, and having the LPA means that you've got, Wendy, you just have to work extra hard on monitoring your progress. You know, checking the data on measurements, continue to get CIMTs to look, um, get inflammatory markers to measure artery inflammatory status. All that's important because you're at a higher risk with the elevated LPA. Okay. And, uh, well, uh, thank you again for coming on and uh, sharing your results with uh, the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Wendy, and good luck. All right, right now we've got to take a quick break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. So, Dr. Collender, Siobhan, it looks like we've got some callers. Yep, we have. Uh, let's start with David in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes, the question is when with all these viruses that are going around and like, you know, like the Omicron and the, whatchamacallit, the other things that are related to COVID monkey and monkeypox and all the other things, instead of getting back vaccines, what about food supplementation for all these things? And speaking of that, at the camp where I used to go to every year, they still have their mandate, vaccine. Well, Canada, unfortunately, is... Uh going to die on that hill. Um, but, you know, as we talked about during COVID, David, this is a wake-up call to everybody to improve their health in the ways that they can, which is optimize their lifestyle, eat healthy foods, regular exercise, improve your sleep, manage your stress. All of these things help improve your internal environment and your immune system. So that's the beginning and then getting the data that you need, 
learn your profile, as Anne Marie likes to say. Get the data, get your IMT, get your inflammatory markers, and do what you need to do to fix those things so that should you become exposed to some virus, you're in the best possible situation to fight it. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, everybody who's listening to the show needs to be on top of their own health. They need to be their own advocate. They need to make sure that they get their all the screening that we talk about, the CIMT, the CT cardiac calcium scoring test, the blood test, everything that they can possibly do to screen for their susceptibility to diseases ultimately falling, unfortunately, on the consumer, the patient. And I always say patients are still consumers. That's it. You gotta and you've gotta learn what you gotta do and, and and measure the markers that affect your health. All right, Siobhan, do we have any callers waiting? Yeah. So up next we have Mark and Howell on the line. Mark, what's your question? Uh yeah, I'm just following up on a call I called in a few weeks ago and uh and I wanted before we're done, I want to give you a short D three update per your discussion from last week. Um I I had a calcium score, it's 2,600, so extremely high. I'm insulin resistant, but I've been working on it for three years. And, you know, I'm doing better. I'm still, I've still battled sugar issues, but I'm, I'm still getting there. I've lost a ton of weight, you know, and I'm in a lot of things. So I've had a stress test that was no problem at all. And so I finally got my CIMT a couple of weeks ago and got the results. So my... Um, I have some plaque and then some, I think, I can't remember the term for it, but it's like a medium plaque. It's not soft, but it's not the stable hard right. plaque. Right, heterogeneous uh, plaque. Yes. Right, and so heterogeneous plaque is a mixed plaque with that some calcified and some soft. Yes. And that's what most people tend that, to have is heterogeneous plaque. The score was, I think, a 0.77. I don't have it in front of me, but I think that was the number he gave me. I got to get a copy of it yet. So, so in, and then my yeah. arterial age is one year younger than my current age. Now, I, I've been working on this for three years, and I'm, I'm convinced if I'd have had this done three years ago, it would have been a lot worse. So, I think I'm on the road. You know, I'm, I'm doing very well, and. But I still, I have to keep in touch with it. You know, I'm, I eat a low-carb lifestyle, and uh, that's just where I stay. Um, and then just mentioning D3, um, I've been taking D3 for three years. I take 10,000 units a day. I always take it with dinner um, so that most of my day, you know, my dinner is going to have some source of fat, whether it's olive oil or animal fats or or butter or some combination. And then I also take K2 and I, I get my level tested twice a year and it it's consistently 70, 75 to 80. And I talk to a lot of friends and I tell them about this and I ask if their doctors are testing their vitamin D levels. And most don't, they're my age, in their 60s, most don't and the ones that do they're coming back with tests in the 20, 30, 40 range, and their doctors are telling them that's just fine because that's in the range that's on the lab test. And the doctors don't even know what is good. 
Well, I thank you for calling. Give us the feedback. And, and I would agree you're probably on the right direction and you're getting the right testing. Um, just to remind you, you don't really need another CT calcium score to follow progress because it's not good at measuring progress. You really just need to follow your CIMT measurements. And, you know, once you get that number down into the 0.6 range, you're really out of danger. So um, even though your artery age is favorable, I think that's just a, I don't like that number because you still have, um, you know, you're still at a little risk. I don't like zero point, you know, you're in the upper 0.7s. Um, I like 0.6s. Nothing bad's going to happen at a 0.6. So you're on the right track. And don't forget to do your sleep studies. Don't forget to get your oral health exams. Um, and uh, those are all great things. And you're doing something, you're doing a good job. Okay. Uh, Mark, thank you for calling. Dr. Collender, here's what's bothering me about this conversation here. Why does he have to be the navigator of his own health when in this country you're paying through the nose and through your eyeballs for health care and for medical insurance? And why does he have to be the person that is deciding about, should I get this test or that test? Where is his, you know, primary care physician? Where is, where is the shepherd that he needs to go to see to uh, the, be the navigator of his health? Why does Mark and other patients like that have to be scrounging around by themselves, running around like a bunch of rats in a rat lab? And where are the doctors? Well, I mean, Mark got the test. He got a CIMT. He got and a who, vitamin who, D level. Yeah, and who, who got it? He got it or his doctor got I it? I don't know, but his doctor... He's saying he's on his own journey. Oh, well... His doctor didn't tell him to cut back his vitamin D because a lot of doctors would take a vitamin D level 70 and call it toxic, which it isn't, and tell him to back off. Um, no, he is, and, and he's doing what we say to do, which is, unfortunately, you have to be your own advocate because the doctors okay, don't know. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why does he have to be his own advocate? Well, the system's broken, and doctors aren't trained to do these things. It's up to the doctor to leave the system and join you know join our ranks of preventative specialists to do the right thing you know he's i i realize you're upset about this but really this is a a win this is someone who's listening to the show finding a way to get the tests he's managing it he's educating his friends um he's operating his lifestyle this is this is a win for this guy oh yeah that's great why is he being charged for health care then why is he bothering to pay into a system that is failing him and failing everybody else. Well, he and can, shame on the system. Okay, shame on the system. He can choose to get catastrophic insurance and not have a, a insurance product that you know that has high premiums. He can choose a low premium, high deductible rate, and do all of these out of pocket. Okay, so we need to come back and talk about who's the shepherd in this case because everybody needs to depend on their primary care physician. They can't just go. They shouldn't have to go out rogue and find all this thing out by listening to the radio and go, going on their own, on on their own volition to get these tests done. But let's come back and talk about who's responsible for this on the other side of the break. You're listening to a special live broadcast tonight, where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing, and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly. Please call us at 800 859 0957. 
Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have another caller waiting for us? We do. We have James from Okemos on the line. James, what's your question? Yeah, I was following up on the test. I was in for the uh, test a couple weeks ago. and James, welcome. Wanted... Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Give me a moment. I got to pull up your results. <laughs> Part of the CIMT sweepstakes? Right. Yeah, right. thanks. Um, so tell me uh, about your health a little bit before coming in. You know, what did you know about your artery status before you did your CIMT? Uh, no real concern. I'm a pretty active athlete and do a lot of running. Uh, but I've had uh, ongoing issues with the electrical system in my heart. <laughs> it's always created some challenges, and my heart's been... Um, I have a pacemaker, I've had ablations and have had no arrhythmia issues. So it just, my heart's always acting up. <laughs> so, Well, if we didn't life. talk about this already, when I hear that, my first thought of course is always, you know, get a sleep study because undiagnosed sleep apnea contributes to atrial fibrillation. So that's to me, just a knee jerk reaction is go make sure that's not happening because yep. if you have it and you treat it, it's going to make that condition better and limit your care. So as far as your IMT, you do have some plaque. And like all the other people we talked to, it's not critical plaque. And I want the listeners to recognize that when you're talking about prevention, we're not screening for surgery. So all of these people have plaque that is not blocking any blood flow. But we're identifying the condition and we're optimizing lifestyle, and then I'm recommending statins for people who have plaque, independent of their cholesterol levels. So if you have plaque, you should optimize your lifestyle and then get on a statin. Again, this isn't for everybody, but it's my thought first to do that sort of thing. So James, I'm glad you called. Of course, we would have talked at some point, but mm -hmm. your IMT is... I would say higher than I like to see. So, you know, your IMT is a centimeter, you know, so, uh, sorry, a millimeter. Mm -hmm. So a whole, you know, mm -hmm. 1.01. So, you know, we've talked to the other people on the show. There are 0 0.6 there. And the person mm -hmm. who called is 0 0.7. Yours is one. So what's interesting to me is that your impression of your own health is great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would consider you, even though you don't have a plaque that's blocking blood flow, I would consider you to be fairly high risk because your IMT is so high. And mm -hmm. so you need to get in a lipoprotein A blood test that's, you know, see that you have the genetic marker. Um, again, does not matter what your cholesterol numbers are. If they're high, low, or in, or in the middle, you should be on a statin. 
because you are at risk with a high IMT. It's always, and then look and see what your lipid profile looks like to see if you're at risk for insulin resistance. Let me jump in here. Is he already on a statin? Uh, James, he already on a statin? No. Okay, so what's the reason for that? Where did his doctor fail him? Well, his doctor is following this formula that decides who should be on a statin. And I'm assuming your LDL, James, is a good number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, and it's been so, so if the LDL is low, then he doesn't qualify for statin based on the American Heart Association screening profile. Because what about your screening profile? Well, my screening profile begins with, do you have plaque? And he has plaque, and that means we put him on a statin. It has nothing to do with the cholesterol at all. And so James is somebody who would mm -hmm. be totally missed, and thank God you came in. Because so he's a patient that would fall through the cracks. He has been falling through the cracks. The cracks. He's, he's found him, you know what I'm saying, he's 69 years old. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with aging. This is... This is a manageable condition. So, you know, we got to look at your lipids to give you some guidance on what kind of foods to eat um, and see how you're metabolizing what you're eating. Um, get your genetics, get your sleep study, and, you know, do you generally eat healthy? Yeah. I, I don't have yeah. a whole lot of time here, but I have to jump in because we've only got a few minutes left. My question to you, Dr. Colander, is... James is in the system of having his own health care, his own doctor, his own primary care physician. How do we accept the fact that he fell through the cracks and something was missed in this wonderful country of all the technology that you have to be able to diagnose these diseases or these predispositions to disease? What is, what is the excuse for the medical community to let him fall through the cracks? There is no excuse for our medical community. The, the system is, doesn't work. And so when, when everybody talks about having a broken healthcare system, this is a great example of why it's broken. So I, I don't want to jump in too much here because we've only got a couple of minutes left. But here is a patient out there who randomly listened to your show, randomly came in and availed himself of you being generous enough to offer free testing to the population that called in. And now you find this patient who, what would have happened to him? What kind of danger was he in? Well, he's at risk for dying. Oh, at risk, and that's okay. Of course it's not okay. He's lucky he called and came in. And, and again, we started, you know, we, we talked a lot on the, on the Sunday show. Again, we pre-recorded it about the widow maker. And again, I'm not predicting your death, James, but it's, you know, you're at high risk. Your arteries are greatly inflamed, even though you don't have a blockage and, you know, in air quotes, blockage doesn't kill people, inflamed arteries do. And your arteries are inflamed without causing a blood flow abnormality. And our system is designed to screen for surgery and, and bad blood flow. So you are going through the cracks. You'd be totally missed. And, you know, thank God nothing's happened yet. You've got to get a, on a statin and you've got to learn. How about what, he needs to get a better doctor? How about that? Well, that too. No, but and I mean, that is irresponsible delivery of medicine. This is unfair and not justified in this country at this time. It's not justified. It's not excusable. This gentleman could have fallen directly through the cracks. He has fallen through the cracks.
And, and okay, so how do we accept this in this country? Well, you and I are not accepting it. We're doing what we can to change things and to educate people about what's wrong. And, and thankfully, James is giving us an opportunity to share with people what, what can go wrong and how we find it. So he's randomly lucky that he listens to the show. He's randomly lucky that he availed himself of the CIMD and randomly lucky. This is not acceptable in America today. It's well, not acceptable. People that listen to this show that don't get off their butts to find a way to get the data that they need to change their lives, it's on you because you're listening. The rest of the How country How about it's does... on the medical community? How about it that it's on them... the insurance the insurance companies, it's on all the money that we're paying for insurance coverage and the medical community in general. Them as well. And thanks, James, for uh, doing the test. <laughs> we're going to stop ranting now, but um, good luck to you, James. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune into our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well. Opinions heard in the preceding program are those of the host and guests and not those of Cumulus Media or WJR Radio.